Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Outrage Science Bites, the companion podcast to the Outrage Overload podcast. I'm David Beckmeyer, your host and Outrage Overlord. This is day 28 of the NAPOD POMO Challenge. That's National Podcast Post Month. That's a challenge to post one episode a day, every day, for the 30 days, for the 30 days of November. So we're getting close here to the end. We've got this episode and a couple more after this. In yesterday's episode, I talked about, you know, how whichever side of the political spectrum we're on, whether red or blue, liberal or conservative, we see the other candidate as an existential threat to democracy. This is expressed in survey after survey, and we see it in our regular everyday life, too. Republicans, independents, Democrats, all overwhelmingly say the future of democracy is at stake in the 2024 presidential election. And it's no wonder we feel that way with our partisan media, as well as political campaign messaging, social media, etc. All drilling those existential messages into our heads with nonstop outrage porn. So that's the boiling state of our society. So how do we climb out of the outrage spiral? The answer seems simple. We simply reject those who have orchestrated our crises and rekindle the temperate, rational discourse upon which our security hinges. Unfortunately, for a lot of the reasons we've been talking about on these Outrage Science Bites episodes, the path to achieving it is not so easy. And that's another reason why we've talked so much about various cognitive biases and other neuroscience and psychology on these Outrage Science Bites episodes. People say, why talk about all that stuff? Why don't you just tell us how to climb out of the outrage spiral? Well, it's the same thing. In other words, understanding the underlying neuroscience and psychology of our outrage is crucial to breaking free from its grip. Neuroscience and psychology reveal that threat and stress in the public sphere tend to perpetuate themselves. As our sense of threat intensifies, our minds become inundated with involuntary reflexes and impulsive responses. When we feel threatened, we literally cannot hear calm, reasoned voices. When people are shouting at us, those attempting to moderate the conversation are often physically tuned out. It's in our biology. This creates a situation where everyone feels the need to shout in order to be heard, further escalating the level of stress and threat. This cycle of shouting can be very difficult to break, as it can seem like the only way to make oneself heard. And when it gets bad enough, in those moments of heightened threat or intense anger, our fight-or-flight response takes over, overwhelming our ability to reason, a phenomenon psychologists refer to as amygdala hijack. And all this explains why you're probably addicted to outrage porn. And not just online. It shows up in a lot of ways in our lives. Social media and online, sure, but TV news, news stories, political campaign messaging, and even everyday conversations. And trust me, I'm not immune to it either. I'm not speaking trying to call out anyone from some outrage-free ivory tower. We're in this together. These solutions are easy to say and sometimes sound kind of trite, yet they're so difficult to do. So here's some of the reasons why we're addicted to outrage porn. First, it lets us feel superior, as we've talked about. Now, you can temper this by practicing empathy, remembering that superiority is subjective, and acknowledging that we likely lack context. You know, it feels so good 
to say, oh, they're so dumb. And, you know, you when you say that on Instagram or to a friend, you get this praise. Oh, yeah, they are so dumb. And you start to feel feel superior more and more and more. And it's a it's a cycle that we like it. So we do more of it. And in other words, other people's stupid antisocial behavior helps us feel better about our own insecurities. And, you know, again, the solutions are easy to say and hard to do. Secondly, outrage porn exacerbates this us versus them mentality, which helps us feel closer to our tribe. So how do you get out of it? You practice inclusivity and acceptance. Now, not all outrage is fueled by our inferiority complex. Sometimes we just want to feel like we belong. And nothing does that better than a common enemy. If you're trying to build a team, rallying against a common enemy is the quickest and surest way to unite your team members. Note, though, that it's also a steady path towards destruction. You've tied your team's fate and potential to its enemy. Your team will never have the motivation to progress any further than simply beating your enemy and quickly runs out of steam once it does so. And again, the solution sounds like a platitude, but it's insanely hard to put in practice. And third, sometimes life is dull and we seek the drama. And how do you get out of it? Well, you remind ourselves that drama at the expense of someone else isn't great. Literally, find better things to do with our lives. You know, and we could call this the lamest reason, but it's one of the most common. So we, this is one of the main reasons people binge watch. Life is dull and we seek the drama. You know, and as I've said on other episodes, outrage isn't always bad. It's important to acknowledge that many times a movement, a company, a person fueled by outrage have gone on to accomplish amazing things, such as, you know, the Me Too movement is maybe one example. You know, and having said that, it's important to be clear of our motivations. While indignation is a great galvanizer, we must quickly attempt to mature and seek meaning beyond that. If not, the catalyst for that initial spark quickly becomes the fuel for our own demise. So, you know, again, I don't always succeed in avoiding outrage porn. You know, I fall for it too. You know, it's got an irresistible allure, especially when I'm tired. And so, you know, my intention here is is to attempt to explore the reasons for its attractiveness and in doing so identify and reduce its holdover on all of us. So I think I'll end this episode there, keep it short, and just, you know, some of the basic ideas about how to, you know, why we're addicted to outrage porn and how we can get out of it so we can practice empathy and remember that superiority is subjective. We can practice inclusivity and acceptance. And we can remind ourselves that drama at the expense of someone else isn't great. So if you like these little Science Bites episode, you may like the long-form Outrage Overload podcast. That's You can find that at outrageoverload.net. You can also find past episodes of this Outrage Science Bites podcast there by scrolling down. There's a link to Outrage Science Bites at the bottom. And for these last couple of days, if you have anything you'd like to hear about on this podcast, you can reach out to me at outrageoverload at gmail.com. And there's a bunch of other contact info on that outrageoverload.net website too. You can DM me on Twitter, Facebook, and others. So thanks for listening, and watch for another episode tomorrow.